0: For November 20th, 2023, it's the Overthinking It Podcast, episode 803. It is kind of amazing, it is also crap. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet with our hard-hitting news podcast, Tech News, on the Overthinking It News Network, O-N-N. It's O-A-N, but even more red-pilled. And the first item on the agenda, Sam Altman. Out at Open AI, his ouster organized in a coup by the <laughs> chief scientist and a secret board meeting quietly dropping the news at noon on noon pacific on friday just throwing it out with the trash they thought we couldn't know but we know we're seizing the means of production we're using the generative ai we are abdicating our responsibility for coming up with material for the podcast that's right we're doing a reaction show we're gonna react to stuff online. I'm Matt Rather. I'm I'm the the nuclear reactor. That's what they uh, that's what they call me. And I'm here with the other Matt, Matt Blinky. Matt, what are you mad about politically this week? It's AI, isn't it?
1: Oh, I'm so mad. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a I have a joke prepared about AI, and I had the AI write the joke. You ready for this? Okay, let's hit it. This is why do prompt engineers make terrible comedians? Why, Matt? Why do prompt engineers make terrible comedians? Because their jokes always require too much context, and their punchlines have a minimum token limit. It, it requires you to know two specific pieces of AI <laughs> to go Oh, oh
2: to I know it.
0: them, Matt. Okay. <laughs> and, but, you, you understand it. You just don't like it. <laughs> I don't understand it because I'm not an AI. That's right. I'm I'm a human. Pete. So that's exactly what you would say. Pete Fenzel is here. Pete, what are you mad about AI about?
2: I mean, honestly, the level of disrespect that he got when he was playing, because he really was a generational talent who was tremendously underappreciated and particularly questioning his work ethic when he played, you know, he led the league in minutes like four times, including into his 30s. Uh, But I've also gathered from the beginning of this podcast uh, that my prep time has been entirely wasted. We are not entirely, in in fact, talking about Allen Iverson, but are instead talking about artificial intelligence. Thankfully, I will be able to do a dramatic crossover to blow everybody off their ankles and transition to this other topic seamlessly. So there you go.
0: Pete, as usual, with the, uh, you know, with the the basketball content that you come to the overthinking. As usual,
2: with the basketball.
0: As as usual. That's what you come to the overthinking podcast for. (laughs) Hard-hitting tech news analysis and basketball content. And Mark Lee, what enrages you about AI?
3: um. Aside from Skynet spawning a nuclear war and cutting Terminators or ravage society, but also create cool sci-fi, aside from that, well, um, New York City Public Libraries that are open on Sunday are no longer open on Sundays. Um, I can't prove that AI is behind that or can be blamed for it, but I'm going to go ahead for the purposes of this discussion.
0: Got it. Wow. Wow. I never thought I'd see our our public libraries fall. You know why they're they're closed on Sundays? It's so that the AGI, uh, the AIs can in digitize and ingest, be trained on the the training set of data in the New York Public Library. They're going to know so much about the schematics of every building in New York. I mean, I've seen some movies that can't possibly end badly, can it?
3: It'll be great. I um, can't. Oh, oh, robot overlords, please. Uh, relieve us from uh, the Adams administration did I say that out loud okay let's move on keep going Next. Let's I,
2: the show. I, I, lo- I now have in my head the idea that somebody got the orders to feed all the material in the New York Public Library into an AI. And so they just fed all of the like blueprints and schematics and like emergency evacuation plans and like deeds and like the electricals and like the history on updating the heating and air conditioning system for the New York Public Library all into an AI. Uh, and uh, and and now it knows tremendous it knows where all the buildings in the New York Public Library are, which is something that most New Yorkers do not know. So that's very impressive.
0: Yeah, every branch, every storage yep. facility. Right? yeah, <laughs> every, yep.
2: every-, every lion they've got. They're all on the map now.
0: So we're I'm um, yeah, no I'm uh, I'm I'm stoked by this possibility because it means uh you know the the great conspiracy of the New York Public Library can finally be can finally be revealed. Okay, I'm uh, I'm dropping the bit. Uh but uh I I think it is interesting that that there was some like sensational uh, news in the in the tech business with the you know open AI leadership shuffle. Who who knows what even is happening with that? I I understand. Then like unshuffle.
1: Apparently, I don't
0: know. Yeah, exactly. I can't I can't even follow. The machine makes too many decisions more rapidly than a uh, you know than than a person ever could. It's like the uh, it's like the AI in the Mission Impossible movie, which spoiler alert is trapped in a submarine at the bottom of the ocean. Um, and and this no, was no, one, the, the thing that can stop it is trapped in the sub. The AI is already out there,
1: but the only hope of like actually shutting it down is in the submarine.
0: It was extremely bad timing given the actual like sad submarine disaster that happened right. Like the same week that movie was released that they put the key to saving humanity in in a, you know, crashed submarine at the bottom of the, uh, at the bottom of the ocean with um you know, all lives lost on the, uh, on the ocean floor but uh matt you you had a, you had the idea that gave birth to this uh to this episode so can- can you say a little bit about what uh you came to uh, uh what you came to do did, did you come to to bury the overthinking of podcast or to praise it
1: well AI is slowly replacing all of us and in every facet of human existence so that like you know we had to deal a year ago with it 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 felt like sort of out of nowhere, but obviously like a ai uh arts and uh ai like language models have been sort of obviously percolating for a while but it did feel like there was this quantum leap forward where they became good enough to actually do things with as opposed to just like as the, as the subject of sort of research and speculation um and so ai imagery and ai uh to to replace our sort of like you know uh, call centers is already like a real thing but ai music is like the next frontier at which like human creativity is going to be snuffed out um and this is already there there are, there are a few places where this is in the news so like one of which uh is there's like a beatles song that uh the, the uh, you know quote unquote the last beatles song that will ever be now and then has sort of uh, finally uh been able to to be recreated because it, it is based on this very low-quality John Lennon demo tape that existed. It was just, you know, the, the John Lennon vocals were uh, not good enough to use in the past, but now there's technology basically, I mean, my understanding of it is that they can sort of uh, with recordings of existing John Lennon vocals, they'd know what John Lennon sounds like. They could take a low fidelity recording of John Lennon and add detail for sort of like if you have like a bunch of pictures of John Lennon and then you have like a blurry picture of John Lennon in a certain pose, then maybe you could sort of simulate what the detail of John Lennon's face would look like in that position. So that's the sort of story about how they got the John Lennon vocal in. But there's also this interesting story and I might I might toss to Mark about this, about YouTube actually trying to to monetize and roll out um you know custom ai soundtracks as like a feature to its creators
3: yeah let me jump a quick and just do a slight correction what you said matt um about they might have used ai to enhance the the poor quality john lennon vocal but from what i understand it's like an ai slash machine learning breakthrough that allowed them to separate john lennon's vocal from the scratchy demo and then presumably run it through the ringer through like you know less fancy buzzword sorts of things but for all intents and purposes yes AI, gotcha. so it was like
1: it was like the a dude. bad quality vocal, but it was also like him playing. It wasn't just him singing,
3: right? Yeah, it was, it was him. The piano was plunking along, and that was just like making the mix unusable. But that must be, I mean,
0: that must song. be a a thing that because like I have an app on my phone that does that, right? Like that that like removes vocal stems from from recorded music so maybe this was like some some new process that can do it with much greater yeah. fidelity or basically something, that
3: right? yeah okay yeah so it. there's that so like sure from but for the purpose of the story yes ai enabled um a new beatles song to be made where it was not possible before so the other thing that blinky was talking about is the youtube deal so now to be clear if you go to youtube right now and you search oh i don't know frank sinatra's ai cover of master of puppets you will find this not because youtube sanctions this first party but because people are taking um, I guess, open source um, AI models of Frank Sinatra's voice singing something and then applying the Frank Sinatra filter to it essentially, and then bada bing, bada boom, it sounds like the chairman of the board. Frank Sinatra is singing um, l- literally every song imaginable, including Master of Buppets. Um, so YouTube is trying to get ahead of this, take it first party so that you can type in um, a, a lullaby sung by T-Pain. And you click the T-Pain button and YouTube will generate uh, that out of a whole cloth or will assist like, you know, a, a, a vocal facsimile of that and T-Pain will get paid for that. And I think also this extends to what I mentioned before, the third party un- unsanctioned uh, Frank Sinatra vocal covers will uh, they will go through the YouTube copyright detection process black box and somehow shunt some extra money over to the frank sinatra estate as a side note by the way i will say that we uploaded a bruce springsteen cover um that basically <laughs> was a tribute to one armed uh, and one-limbed men and women in pop culture and uh youtube thought that my bruce springsteen impression was good enough that it, uh, they thought it was an act, the actual song itself and, uh, like, gave it a copyright flag for being a Bruce Springsteen song. So the system is not perfect <laughs> and it's not limited to, like, you know, purely quote-unquote AI-generated uh, <laughs> things and will catch, uh, you know, just human beings doing their best um, on that as well. But, anyway, all that is to say, like, AI music is absolutely breaking through in all these kind of fascinating ways. Um, and, yes, we are at the point where, kind of like, you know, mid-journey or Dolly style, you can type something into a box and the AI will spit out a song a composition out of whole cloth and just give it to you, which is freaking wild.
0: But Mark, the the I don't recall exactly what we did. You sort of weird owl, right? You weird owl, mm-hmm. didn't yeah. you? You like sang to a we karaoke wrote our own track, lyrics, or and I sang yeah.
3: it as in my best Bruce Springsteen impression. Got it. And YouTube thought it was uh, it was the boss himself.
0: But it was the cari- it was the karaoke track or something that that probably tripped that right. Like it was it was similar enough in its peaks and valleys of of.
3: This is going on a rabbit hole we should we should get out of. But it like took a very brief instrumental yeah. segment from the beginning, but then it was just uh. me. Uh, playing the guitar. Got it. Okay. Do you sensitive. ever find
2: yourself making origami unicorns and just like leaving them around your house? You have, is that a reference? This is whizzes past everybody here. Nobody knows. Mark, have you ever wondered why you're so obsessed with the Terminator? With Skynet. <laughs>
0: He's, Mark has seen, Mark has seen things that, that you wouldn't believe. You know, okay.
1: that, so wait, before, before we get into the fun stuff, I, I do think it's interesting to contrast this. This isn't new, the fun stuff. No, this stuff no, is no, no, no. This is just the pre-work before we get okay. to the, before we get to the, the icing. Um, <laughs> it's interesting to contrast what YouTube is doing here with, with exactly what the actor strike was about, oh, right? Or at least, Matt, I was one, gonna
0: go th- I was gonna go exactly uh, I there. It? I was gonna go, no, 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 you, you all right, did, no,
1: I'll let you, I'll let
0: you, I'll let you do it. You talk about it, yeah, you, you talk about it if you want, but like exactly before we get to the fun stuff, labor strife, yes, yeah, because uh, it does seem so stark
1: to me that like one of the major issues in the actor strike was that like we don't want simulation, we, we don't want to be what's the Al Pacino movie, is it Simone? Uh huh. Right.
0: But that no, that's not even the movie Wait, talk- i think was a- I thought it was Sim One, short for Sorry. Simulation One. And her name was Simon Oh my God. No, I'm I think it's I,
1: I think it's a Robin Wright Penn movie that, that it was a much lower budget movie. But the because the whole point of Simone is that she doesn't exist, right? Is that everyone thinks she's real, but she's not real. Um whereas that there was a Robin Wright Pen, I'm forgetting what it was, somebody uh, Google it now, where she, she's an actual actress and she's reaching like a certain point in her career where like maybe Maybe um, she's not getting the rules that she used to and so that she sells the digital rights to herself and she digitizes herself and she signs away The you know that the studios Can license her for anything and then It sort of cuts forward to like you know I think Many years in her future where She sees you know she you Know I use she in in quotation marks Is starring in like commercials And like big budget action movies But of course like she has No role in any of that right It's not her it's just this sort of uh, Digital simulation of her That like you know was scanned and, and digitized Um whereas like that Seems like a dystopian future to many actors and they are willing to put their careers on the line to prevent it but then like there are these um artists you know uh t-pain was one of them but i'm reading the list now so it's it's real it's real artists it's demi lovato john legends sia is there charlie Puth, uh charlie xcx um and so like these are real legit artists with with flourishing careers who nevertheless are happy to sign away their digital rights so that like everybody can make Hundreds of thousands of little John Legend tracks and have them on their videos, um, and I well, think I mean, it's they're, interesting.
0: There, it's not. I mean, I don't know. I would say signing away your digital rights sounds very totalizing, right? And it's it's not. A, it's probably not exactly that. It's a much more. It's much more limited in scope. Like you can create a short YouTube video that use it, that is you know meant to sound like them, right? Like that. That seems like like the extent of this. But yeah, the the idea of um the idea of what technology stuff is uh is permissible with actors was a big sticking point and was was apparently like the last the last thing that they were that they were down to in the in the negotiations like a lot of other stuff even the like the very contentious um success you know uh residuals and success over streaming content had been resolved before uh, before the AI is resolved. And like uh, d- to a certain extent, like movie making is storytelling with tools, you know, so the um, the uh, the tools are are just going to get better. You kind of can't get uh, you can't get really you can't stop you can't stand like king canute at the at the shore and try to to hold back the tide we're going to start um you know we're we're going to use these tools but but the question is like how and what what sort of agency what what uh, power to say no do do the actors have and so they they sort of uh came up with a thought technology um that they call a digital double right um and Uh, just sort of rhetorically for kind of understanding this. And if, if there is a digital double created of you for purposes of use in, uh, for purposes of use in a film, um, the the at least what I understand now is that you have to consent to its use for for particular things like you can't you know you can't create the like the Matt rather digital double uh and then like all of a sudden all my scenes have nudity in it and it's like oh Matt's naked <laughs> all over all over this movie as much of a blockbuster as, uh, as I'm sure that would be, right? Like that is no longer permissive that, or no longer, I'm not sure it ever was. That is not, that is specifically not a, a permissible use of, uh, a, a, like a digital replica, uh, of me. The other one that's, that's sort of interesting is that when my digital double works, I get paid. Um, and this is, this is sort of, this is a sort of interesting one, uh, right? Because like the, the uh problem with the digital double was probably not the Tom Cruises. They've been making digital Tom Cruises like well, maybe not. Tom Cruises' the wrong uh the wrong actor to use for this because he sort of famously does all his own own stunts. There was a digital Casper Van Diem. DN DM that does uh uh a, uh, that does a lot of stunts in Starship Troopers that jumps on the backs of bugs and like, you know, I don't know, j- machine guns them and stuff like that. And if you watch the, the BTS stuff from the, uh, from Starship Troopers, you can see like how these, um, you know, CGI actors are used to, uh, to do some stunts that are just not, uh, where you have people interacting with, uh, people interacting with, um, with the bugs, uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, um, again for the stars this is probably they probably have enough leverage that like they would not their incomes would not be hurt by this sort of technique being used to made be made for movie but the the question was for like background actors for extras you know if you have a if you have a starship enterprise and it's peopled with a thousand non-speaking roles so you have a thousand background actors could you just bring them in for one day of work scan them all right and then just in these kind of like background shots or whatever have replicas digital replicas of the extras um you know, coming in, coming and going in the background, having paid the actors only one, one day of work. Uh, and the, you know, the answer to that, the answer that this contract has is no. You have to, uh, you have to pay, you know, the, the human, uh, source of that digital replica for each day that the, like the background, uh, extra works. At least this is how it's, it's been sort of explained in the, the information sessions that they've, that they've had or the kind of the public speaking that they've done about the, um, about the contract. So, uh, I call it the Van Dien, Van Dien, uh, per DM, the Van Dien per DM (laughs) that, uh, but yeah, anyway, this, that, that these were the the things and like the idea that like you have to consent to, uh, to have this done is, is a big breakthrough. I mean, at least getting that getting language in there provides a a foundation to build on in, in future, um, in future iterations of this deal.
2: I only really have one Place in this whole discussion where I feel like I have a little bit more expertise than some of the other commenters, which is that Casper Van Dien's family is from my hometown and are like one of the old families of the town where I grew up, going back to like New Amsterdam. DN, not
0: not DN. Well, uh, I would
2: just say, okay, I don't know. It is entirely possible that the correct way, if you go way back to the New Amsterdam Dutch family, uh, is pronounced. Uh, it could be pronounced Van Dien. I don't know. But the street that is named after them in my hometown, everyone says is Van Dien. And that's a street I used to go on all the time. So, Wait,
1: Is it named uh, after them after the success of Starship Troopers? Yeah,
2: only after Starship Troopers 3, when he came back to the franchise, did they name it after him. And before that, they were like, nah. Like, this guy's a flash of the pan. Um, yeah, no, it's named after his great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> so it, this, is, this is old Dutch stuff. Um, so, uh, if you ever wondered why Casper Van Deen is so good at telling it like it is, it's because knew- he's got that Dutch blood. Uh, from- I were
1: going to say because he's from New Jersey, right? That's <laughs>
2: exactly. He's not though. That's the trick. He's from Florida, but gotcha. his family is from New Jersey. Though, though, unlike, <laughs>
0: unlike another famous New Jersey, son of New Jersey, he wasn't born to run. He was born to, to fight bugs. You know, exactly. To-
2: exactly. <laughs> now so we always called them Van Deen. Maybe we're wrong. but so I just Pete, wanted to say that
0: you, you walked on like his street you yeah. Know, when, when that movie came, came, uh, up, uh, when that movie came out and rocketed him to everlasting celebrity, um, did he like send you a thank you note or something for Me walking? personally? Yeah. For walking yeah. on his street, you know, for like yeah. it, existing in his, in his milieu, you know?
2: He sent me an AI cover of Walking in Memphis that said, Walking on Van Deen Avenue, <laughs> walking with the bugs and the guy with the knife, walking with Michael Ironsides. It was the
0: best and worst time of my life. And Michael, I- Michael Ironsides said, tell me, are you a citizen, Casper? And I said, man, I am tonight because I'm walking on Van Deen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, time to
1: rewatch that.
0: Let's uh. so, so Matt, what did, what did you do? Like what, what specifically happened? All right. I
1: thought it'd be fun to check in on, on where AI music is now. So that there's, there is a number of companies that are, that are are poking around at this, trying to create AI music from, from whole cloth or from, you know, minimal human, um, human input. So the one that I decided to use is suno.ai. This is a S U N O dot AI. Uh, There's a free beta. Anybody can register and create 10 songs for free. So it says on the about page, just to to let you know where they're coming from, uh, our mission is to redefine how people interact with music by removing the barriers to creating beautiful songs. And our model enables you to bring the captivating music from your imagination to life. So at least the, the sort of stated aspirational goal is... Even if you don't know music, even if you don't play an instruments, even if you can't carry a tune, if you have an idea for a song, you can go ahead and uh, the AI will go ahead and do the hard part for you. So I, I tried a couple samples um, using classic rock songs that we all know and love, sort of as a control group. So the first one I tried is to give it um, eight lines of the uh, Hotel California. So four lines at the end of the verse and then the four lines of the chorus. And the prompt that I gave the AI is 1970s rock in the style of the Eagles. So the thing I was thinking of is we recently discovered that with um, with Dali, which is the sort of Microsoft um, AI, it seems to have like enough uh, imported sort of like uh, classic paintings in its memory so that if you say like a painting of a starry night in the style of Vincent Van Gogh, it will pretty much give you a very close replica of starry night. So I was curious if you said, here's the lyrics to Hotel California, I want it in the style of the Eagles, if it would just recreate Hotel California. And as you guys will see, it did not recreate Hotel California, but it, it actually is kind of interesting what it did. And
4: joy, I the bell and I was to myself, this, heaven, this hell. Up candle, and me the way There were voices down the corridor, I thought I heard them say Welcome to the Hotel cab. California, such a lovely place, such a lovely place, such a lovely place. Many of room and the hotel California, anytime I feel, anytime I feel, you can
3: find it. It's kind of amazing. I think that's the only, only way to describe it, right? I mean, like, uh, it is also crap, to be clear. <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's it's kind of terrible, but it also is amazing. And I mean, th- this is my my take on it. Is that like this version is not useful for much, and except for like a sort of a goof. But it is. You can imagine that like if this is version one, by the time we get to like version three or four, it's gonna be good enough for most things.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me just run on my thought a little bit more here. It, yeah. it, like again, at service level, it is not a good song. Not something that is like particularly enjoyable to listen to on its own merits. But when you think about how this thing is being put together, the mind just really starts to get blown. Um, That, like, you know, there's not some, I assume that there's not some sophisticated thing going on where it's, like, you know, uh, assembling a guitar track and a drum track and then vocals and things like that. It's just, like, putting it all together in the same way, like, Dolly produces digital images, where it just, like, um, conjures it up out of thin air. Um, that part just kind of has my jaw on the floor that is just like throw a prompt in, and Blinky, how long does this take? Like seconds. Then you had this
1: less, less right? than 60, I think, uh, 60 to 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, yeah, but it, 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 first of all, it's a pretty passable singing voice. Um, it's got a backing track that goes with the singing voice. It, you know, and, and it does. I mean, you know, we could argue about like, is this really 70s rock? Is this really the style of the Eagles? But like, it does seem to have an understanding of what what I meant, what I was trying to get at.
3: Yeah, more so than it didn't, you know.
1: And also, like, I didn't realize this, but I did, I did Google it afterwards because I thought it was almost eerie the way it happened. But the parts of the lyrics that were in parentheses, just because when I copied and pasted them in from the lyric site, so, like, the, the repetition of such a lovely place and any time of year, it's, it is programmed to sort of treat those as, like, the band sort of jumps in
0: with those. Mm-hmm. Um, because, that like, that, that was a yeah. really cool effect. I mean, I, one thing I noticed was that it went to the four chord on the chorus <laughs> and I was just thinking like, what a, what a trope, right? Like what a, what a, uh, you know, just incredible thing to like realize that, you know, when you go to the chorus and you want to feel that, um, that, that you go to the four, you go to the four chord. So I'm, uh, I don't know. I, but I was, uh, I was into it, man. Like, uh, it was cool. Now it didn't sound like hotel California. Right. But I, but I guess, Mark, would you say that Hotel California is sort of an outlier in the Eagles catalog, that more of it sounds a little more of it sounds a little classic Rocky and and, uh, you know, a little more bluesy like this, uh, like this track did, And then Hotel California is kind of an kind of an outlier.
3: Fair to say, generally speaking, but the rest of the Eagles catalog is not quite this bluesy. Mm. This almost sounds like Bon Jovi, actually. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yes. a resident, you know, since we were talking about this great city of New Jersey earlier, would you agree? Me, yeah. I
2: mean, it sounds. It sounds like the guitar technology is different than would have been available at the time. It definitely sounds more kind of hard driving than a lot of the Eagles stuff is. I don't want. I mean, again, there's probably examples of other sorts of things, but particularly from this era, it it didn't feel very Eaglesy to me. But like, that's a small difference. Uh, I mean, I guess, and that's not a small difference or not. I mean, it it means like. When you saw the AI, when you – there was that one AI where people were asking it, show me a picture of a Afghan a girl from Afghanistan. And they all show you versions of that one famous National Geographic picture of that one girl from Afghanistan, right, like slightly modified. And you're like, okay, like this one source has been really, really important in the training set uh, to the extent that they're just outright plagiarizing it over and over again. This is clearly not that. Like there's very little in here that feels like – any major eagle song i could put my finger on right like they're just they don't strike me as this grimy of a band maybe bluesy is the better word but um but that's not
1: the point right like i mean also we know. don't know how the prompt engineering works so my specific prompt was 1970s rock in the style of the eagles so it's possible that it just stopped in 1970s rock and it's like ah uh, say no more whereas if i just said the eagles it would have given me something very different yeah yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) Cross engineering is so
2: important in all this stuff. Just the exact way that you ask what you want it to do is going to affect how it does it for sure. And I guess the point is not how much it isn't like the Eagles. The point, I guess, is maybe how it arrives at it. The thing that struck me more than anything was the prosody, which I've also noticed increasingly on the AI narrated videos that I see, where just the. The sense of stress in and the sort of more subtle elements of sense of stress in English language just gets totally crushed and and I'm not convinced that it's wrong enough that people will ever really correct it. <laughs> you know there's sort of like this uh, and I don't want to call it a tradition, but you know there's like there's like subtle influences of the way that words are often used, you know, even things like regionalisms that would get passed down. and just the relentlessness with which this applies the stress and the beat and the, and the rhythm. Um, There's no play in the stress of the words, but then again, like it's perfectly fine to assume that in a song like this, there might not be, you know, it's not, it doesn't disqualify it for being a seventies rock song. If there's no play to the pros, you know, to the, like the, the, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. The music of the language itself Um, because that's not what you're going for and that's not what people will train it against or hold it accountable to. So maybe that'll be a long-term effect of all this is a lot of that will just get crushed. Mm -hmm. will just go away. I don't know. All
0: right, so next, Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. Let's, let's go on. I mean, Peter. I feel like in pop music, that move has been to like kind of crush the English language under the kind of the the tractor treads of the the hard driving beat. I feel like that that move yeah. has been underway for a, for a long, long time. You at know, least these,
2: this one has a key change, sort of right?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it goes to the four at the yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's the way it's supposed to, but like you know, the 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 people kind of making making pop music and sort of push pushing the like like I don't know like putting this the square peg of the English language into the the round hole of whatever rhythms the the like the top line writers have have you know crafted for this particular pop track, right? Like they're not exactly Cole Porter, uh, and and <laughs> they, they haven't been for 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 a while. So like while while I think you're absolutely Absolutely right and your your diagnosis of the problem is right uh, uh, that that is to say it's just that the machine doesn't really understand uh, those kinds of things and it's it's kind of recreating uh it's kind of recreating something uh, I would say this in itself right this defect in itself does not put it at a uh, competitive disadvantage to contemporary top 40
2: yeah fair enough fair enough uh sorry maybe not- hold me closer to the I see over <laughs> That's that's not contemporary, but I, you get what I'm saying
1: yeah. for sure. OK, um, this um, is
2: great. This probably, is really interesting, though. Very, very interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, there's probably some level on which this AI is being optimized for pop, or being optimized for like R and B, or something. You know, like like the kinds of styles that people are more likely to want to create, as opposed to something that's retro. Uh,
0: Will, we're about to throw it a curveball, but I'm getting yeah. but I'm getting ahead of myself. Right. But wait, Pete, baby, hold me closer in the backseat. Is it the word backseat that you object to <laughs> there? Because like it should be backseat. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than backseat. You know? It's probably, not, yeah. They're not the it, they're not the backseat boys. <laughs> uh uh backseat. Probably but. tattoo on your shoulder is
2: probably what gets right. me more than that. Is uh, cause the OO in tattoo is has a little bit of length to it and a little bit of breadth to it most of the time. Right, but exactly. Whatever. Yeah, tattoo, yeah.
0: not the tattoo on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. no, it's tattooing but tattoo <laughs> <on> your, <laughs> Matt save us what did you do what did you do next to te- to test out this technology right.
1: so I wanted to I wanted to test it on something that at least I would consider to be like more of a more of a musical challenge uh, so I, I wanted to give it fly me to the moon which I think you know an old old timey Frank Sinatra tune is both sort of ask for more in the the instrumentation and the backing track uh, you know to conjure up the great Nelson Riddle in his orchestra and of course Frank Sinatra is a very iconic voice with like a very sort of a unique style of singing. So, uh, here, I'm going to play for you the... the uh, All I did for the prompt for this one was I said mid-tempo Frank Sinatra because I didn't want it to interpret it as like a ballad or something. And, so this is mid-tempo Frank Sinatra, the um, the the beginning of Fly Me to the Moon. And you give it the lyrics, right? Yes. I, I pasted the exact lyrics of Fly Me to the Moon and just said it's mid-tempo Frank Sinatra, go. And this is what he gave me back in like 90 seconds.
4: Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words, hold my hand In other words, baby, kiss me Fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore
1: The, the moment that, like, really sort of, like, made me, made me sort of gasp and be like, ooh, it was that third line where it almost, like, you, it, it almost, like, imagine that there's a lead sheet for the song it just made up, and the vocals decide to just improvise. It's like, eh, let me see what spring is like. It just sort of, like, like it, it feels like jazz. Like, it's not singing the exact melody on the page, which is crazy because there is no melody on the page. There's no singer. There's no jazz.
0: So i'm I'm gonna give a uh, I'm gonna give a uh, hot take here, which is that this is musically inferior to the AI Hotel California. Uh, it
1: doesn't. It does make me wonder, like, are there even chords in this one? It feels like it's just sort of like. This, this endless sort of
0: vamp that doesn't yeah. really go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't, it doesn't create and resolve tension the way that the Hotel California one does on the chorus when it goes to the, when it does its one move, which by the way is a lot of move, all, the one move in a lot of rock songwriters quivers, <laughs> which is that you go to, uh, you go to the four chord. Uh, re, like uh, we name checked Bruce Springsteen before. Remember, uh, <laughs> on the streets of Philadelphia and it goes to the four chord it's (laughs) like the sun rises right like the light becomes warm you can hear hear the the whole thing like come to the four chord this doesn't this one doesn't go to the four chord it kind of stays in one place and though it has the trappings you know like a walking bass line and the the swung um, uh, ride cymbal kind of stuff it doesn't really do it doesn't really do anything else Um, it doesn't it doesn't create and and, and release tension. Anyway, um that is is my hot take on the on the music. I don't know, anyone want to fight me or or No, I mean,
3: I'm not, real... I would totally agree with you, but yeah. like I'm going to give it some additional credit here, uh particularly in how it renders that uh on Jupiter I think you can't even do it quite right, like Jupiter and Mars. It just like it had like some real musicality and art- artistry to that little bit there. Like kind of made my hair stand on mm. when I heard that. Anybody else react to that? Just
2: me? Yeah, it's got some pizzazz. It's definitely got a little bit of pizzazz. It's interesting that do it in the style of Frank Sinatra means be Harry Connick Jr. sort of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's sort of what (laughs) be Harry Connick Jr. sort of also means is do it in the style of Frank Sinatra. Although this is more of like the Nordstrom, Harry Connick Jr. aspiring guy on the piano. Um, But yeah, yeah. I get One of the things that struck me is that there were parts of it that felt a little bit virtuosic. One of the things that I thought was interesting was it shortens, you know, in other words, please be true. In other words, I love you clipping the ends of those lines. I mean, obviously, you don't have an original music for the song, but it was interesting because I feel like a real singer would have an interest in singing out long vowels like that in order to show off how nice their voice is. And the AI has no conflict of interest between like (laughs) wanting you to think that its voice is nice. Like it doesn't stretch anything. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't like um, unnecessarily ornament any of the vowels Uh, that, that, that it seems like, and it seems like this would be a lyric where that would show up. Uh, I mean, true. And you as a rhyming couplet in a love song, you would, you would think it's almost like, I mean, if we gave it knees and please, would it do it? Maybe, I don't know Uh, what are which other sort of great, you know um buttery couplets in love song history can you give to an ai to see if it will indulge in that um, so it was I mean, it was giving it a little bit of pizzazz but it wasn't it wasn't uh, singing like a person in that way which is interesting not bad just an interesting difference in style I, um, I
1: would imagine that like one important component of this ai is it takes the lyrics that you give it and then it assigns a rhythm to them right it figures out how mm. it's going to break these up into in, in, into some kind of um you know use syllables right and and sort of like fill the time of the song and it has to make decisions right about how to interpret that like in other words you know where it's like you know maybe i wonder what it would have done if we had put the ellipsis in there to try to like tip it it's like in other words dot 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 or or even to put in like a bracket like pause if, if that would have like given it a hint that like we wanted to really sit on that uh, yeah. But in any case, of course, you know, if you know how the song goes, you probably shouldn't be using this AI. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's interesting that in the line, let me play among the stars or let me play among the stars, it lands the let on the downbeat, which it might, which is not the way the song goes originally. But I also might suggest you might not when using a phrase like that, you might not lean towards putting the let on the downbeat. Um so I wonder whether there is an architecture under there. Also, these are all in four, right? Like everything's in four or yeah. I guess in two. But yeah, it's all like, yeah. Um, so, so maybe there is an underlying structure of like divide these lines up into four, into beats of four, measure the number of syllables in words and like speed up the ones such that they map to, I mean, obviously it's, it's not that purposeful. It's done through the training, although maybe it is, maybe it is that purposeful. Maybe they gave it some sort of crib sheet. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: For what it's worth, one of the effects of, of the rhythmic reorganization that it does is that the verse is two bars too short to be an eight bar verse, right? Because you get extra beats in, in other words, three, four, one, two, hold my hand. In other words, three, four, one, two, darling, kiss me. You get uh you get like two whole extra bars in there. And so it's like, in other words, please be true. In other words, I love you. And your, your musician brain goes eight, seven, six, Five, four, three, (laughs) two, eight, seven, six, five, four. But no, it doesn't. It goes straight. It goes straight back in to the, uh, it goes straight back into the, to the second first. And so it's, yeah, it doesn't have a sense. I mean, it's not, it's interesting that what it, what it's operating, what it's operating from, right? Like the, they, um, in, in generative AIs that have been fed like the rules of Go, for example, uh, the, the, and and used to kind of develop moves in absence of being kind of explained the rules of go it uh it gets some it it builds internally a representation of the game of go and the the rules of go in order to to predict models and it's really interesting i mean what i'm not sure if this particular uh you know uh, generation transformer model thing like uh, if this does uh, it in the particular way of the one that that i was reading about in the the rules of code but but it's interesting th- to think that like not just the training data but kind of how uh you know how it's put together the like the the engine that that uh builds the model right like w- what you get a representation of versus what you don't get a representation of um internally and w- you know one of those things like that I as a, a you know musician nigh on these these many decades have a representation of internally it, you know in my own ai is that the um uh, cuz there's nothing natural about my intelligence uh, <laughs> is, is that, that that bars are uh, that, that verses are in, in groups of eight, you know, that, that the sort of pleasing number of bars are in, in groups of eight. I actually like in high school when you're like, you know, trying to do little experiments, E.E. E. Cummings like experiments with music or whatever, uh, whatever, you know, medium you're working in. I once wrote a, a song that, uh, for my jazz band to play, um, the high school jazz band that was short. Two beats. It had a it had a uh a bar of it had two bars of three, four, or or essentially like, you know, a missing of uh, you know, a bar of six or a bar of four, then a bar of two, right? It was short two beats. And uh and the t-shirt to his credit, like, knew enough to be like, nah, it, no one's going to be able to play this. No one's going to be able to solo over this. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the intuition and realized that we as like 14-year-olds, right, didn't quite, couldn't quite, like, uh, couldn't quite internalize the idea of like what it, what it meant to like, you know, I don't know, be, be out there blowing. And it's like, it, you just have to like drop two, two beats in your head or, or something like that. But, but I digress. So, Matt, this, this was not enough for you. Was it like, you no, could have, it,
1: it's gotta be, know,
0: if you had just, I
1: wanted to see if it, if you had just made write Hotel California, Dianu. Right. Yeah. we just you, recreated Frank Sinatra. Dianu. But here's the deal: it has another feature, which is that, like, what if you don't have lyrics for it? You could simply give it a description of what you want the song to be about, and it will. I, I think it's upfront about the fact that it's just using Chat uh, ChatGPT 3.5. It doesn't have its own large language model just for writing lyrics, which I, I don't blame it for. So I was thinking about, like, what about writing songs based on on some recent podcasts that we've done? <laughs> oh, gosh. So I have. So the first one I decided to use was episode 783, which is about the TV show The Diplomat, starring Kerry Russell. If you remember that, <laughs> it was from July 3rd of this year. It was a titled, "Will She or Won't She Launch a Cruise Missile?" And the prompt <laughs> that I gave for this one is: This is a country ballad right so a country ballad was the prompt uh and before i I have two caveats before we give this first of all that like this this is still beta software uh so it doesn't have any ability to like end songs it doesn't do bridges it doesn't do solos um so this is going to trail off after after two verses and two choruses the second thing is i think i've discovered a legitimate bug that we might want to email them about which is that when there is a number for instance referencing episode 783, it is unable to to interpret 783 as speech, and instead it inserts a random collection of syllables that does not sound anything like 783. So you'll you'll encounter that pretty quickly in here. <laughs> so I, this. I give you I give you the, the overthinking podcast episode seven eighty three the song
4: in episode neither, the story unfolds. The Overthinking It podcast, exploring more The Diplomat on Netflix, the tale of intrigue Characters' perspectives, shaping their deeds All oh, the hosts discuss, analyze, and delve Into the show's intelligence portrayal, oh so well Associations highlighting the impact on audience interpretation. Episode Stalinolia, a tale unfolds. The diplomats revealing stories untold. Intelligence portrayed, perspectives take flight. Characters must be written to engage us right thinking and diving into the show Analyzing each detail There are no
0: metacasting choices Impact on our view The diplomat unfolds with... I mean, I heard in episode Down by the River, but I, <laughs> that just may be... I'm, I may have been primed. Um, so, I I mean, I think in my my first thing is, like, in what sense was that a country ballad? You know? <laughs> like I, I,
1: Uh, No, I agree. It sounded like John
0: Denver. It sounded like Art Garfunkel. It sounded like a Laurel Canyon singer songwriter or something like that, right? Yeah, it uh, was like like, like
1: the guy playing guitar on the stairs in Animal House right before Bluto (laughs) breaks the guitar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's funny. It's so. It's like I could totally picture us writing this. Sort of (laughs) You, you. did you give it like any of the substance of the episode? Did you give it like the description yeah, summary so, of the
1: episode? So I should probably go into exactly how I did this because I, I was I did not want there to be like any sort of human creativity involved in making these. I wanted it to be just AI all the way down. So first I used a AI called Riverside.fm, which is a free transcription AI. It's actually really good. Um, you know, I mean, it's not a hundred percent perfect, uh, transcription, but if all you're going to do is feed it into another AI and ask it to summarize it, it doesn't have to be word for word perfect anyway. So I had riverside, uh, dot FM summarize it. Then I used a, a, a second, like a little sort of web based tool that splits very long prompts into multiple parts. So you can feed it all into chat GPT because we're talking about like a 50,000 word transcript. Um, you know, more than an hour of podcast. So then I fed all that into ChatGPT, and I told it to summarize it in 300 words what episode 783 was about. And then I pasted those 300 words into the songwriting AI and said, "Write a song about this." Uh, It's so interesting
2: because, yeah, yeah.
1: if I were so, it is like you know, uh, maybe in the uh, in the notes of the show, I'll I'll include like you know what ChatGPT gave in terms of like the 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 short summary of episode 783.
2: One of the more interesting phenomena I've encountered working with large language models is this summarizing phenomenon, what happens when it tries to take long text and turn it into shorter text, which, of course, uh, it does automatically if you're above the threshold, right, of the… but again, now I, I said I knew the word, and now I'm blanking on the word for like how long your output is is going to be. Um, and
1: I think like you know it's like fifteen thousand words is like the most, which it seems like a lot by the way. Or fifty thousand characters, I think, yeah. is like the most you can well, get into in, a prompt. It's in
2: tokens, right? Which is right. not strictly
0: maps to words. But the idea being that no, like tokens tokens map to tickets, and then you turn your tickets <laughs> in. At then you the get cl- gems, right? You have <laughs> to get
2: gems, but you get gold for filling your daily quests, and then you. You can trade gold for gems and take tickets for gems, but you can't trade tickets for gold and gems, which are different. But it's just it's if I were to sit down and write a song about our podcast about the diplomat, I would want to pick some sort of specific thing about the show The Diplomat that we talked about that was like funny or interesting, or that sort of like struck a struck a particular impression. And it is interesting that all of the – and again, I don't want to – part of what is happening here, I recognize in myself, is wanting to criticize these songs out of a sense of defensiveness and self-protection, right? Like, oh, they can't be that good. They're really good, right? Like, uh, But it also is like
1: my prompt was to summarize like, – like you may be right that it would be a much more interesting song if I was like what are the three – you know, top observations from this episode. And of course it may have picked out bad observations, but at least that would have given us specifics as opposed to just sort of like the diplomat characters, themes, overthinking. What I'm looking for is like, what are going to be styles that we see
2: come out of AI art that are going to be emergent sort of emergent properties of the way that it's produced that wouldn't necessarily be predicted. So one of them might be like, when you're looking to kind of dr- looking at a body of, of information to draw something out of, you don't necessarily really highlight individual images as much that stand out. You you look for that sort of broad characterization because that's kind of how it all uh, changes, how it sort of skews and 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 stretches uh, the the language as it gets bigger and smaller. Um, like there's nothing about the red dress. There's nothing about uh uh iranian the iranian ambassador or i don't want to give any spoilers for the diplomat um but yeah i don't know did did does that sound? i mean i think this stuff is cool because i, I i'm basically thinking, what should i expect to see much more of in the future because there's going to be a lot of this stuff people are going to crank out a lot of it what sort of style are we going to be more likely to see um i do like how much they sort of talk about us but I'm also uncomfortable about it. <laughs> like, you well, know, the uh, but then podcast. again, that's
0: that's a that's an artifact of how Matt how Matt made these, right? It wasn't right, right, like right, right, right. you know, it was
2: other just people like, will give, make give it the overview. same way. Other people will make it the same way. Other people who don't have Matt's uh, sort of subtle appreciation for the difference between like an excerpt and a summary, right? Will will do this without thinking about it. But you that's know,
0: a, um, yeah, so it's it's interesting in that it's created a song where we're kind of the heroes of the song yeah. of this like folk ballad, you know that, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah,
2: <laughs> which is not what I would have thought would have come out of that podcast um, <laughs> so it's interesting i'm I'm surprised and, and not
0: the and and we're the heroes <laughs> and not the brave uh, women and men of the Foreign service and that's, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's the main problem that we have.
1: So the the next the next podcast I wanted to test this with, uh, episode 795, which was from uh, September, called "We Will Be Victorious." So this is uh, Pete, Mark, and Matt. Uh, and if you recall correctly, uh, bagpipes were were touched on in this episode, <laughs> and so that that lent uh, the, Pete had the idea of like really challenging this AI to do it as a Scottish bagpipe march. And as you'll see when you play it, like it, it does sort of fall down flat on its face doing this, but it is interesting because it is clear that it knows what a Scottish bag March is supposed to sound. Like, it's not just something random. It is trying to do a Scottish bag March. It just can't. But I do think it is very interesting because this is maybe the only example that we have where it actually did something in the lyrics. I won't say what, but it will be very obvious when it happens. It did something in the lyrics based on the style. Right. Th- that was nothing in the 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 um the prompts, you know, from from Chat GPT. But like because it knew this was a Scottish bagpipe merge, it added something to the lyrics. So uh this is uh based on a prompt generated by Chat GPT out of a transcript of uh episode seven ninety-five. This is seven ninety-five, the Scottish Bagpipe March. <laughs>
4: All right.
0: If you put that on while you were washing dishes, you would wash your dishes so fast. Oh yeah, I totally wash my dishes so fast listening to, especially when it goes into the
2: reggaeton section.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you got to imagine like that's meant to 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 represent, you know, like a Highland snare drum drummer guy.
1: You know, here's the thing I just can't get over. This is like miraculous Star Trek level technology and he cannot pronounce any numbers, even close. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's like, I think, I remember like having a program on like, of like a Mac Quantra in like the early nineties uh-huh. that could like, you would type in text and he would like pronounce the numbers. <laughs> it's just crazy to me that like, this is the technical challenge. It can't even, it can't even begin to surmount.
0: <laughs> That's that's amazing. But it really, I mean, it, it, this was in four, four BT does. Well, no, wait, there was a a weird thing at the, at the beginning of the verse, but like, I don't know, like I, I kind of want to like record that, that chorus, you know, I feel like we should do it as you know, the theme song bagpipes, March echoing through the Glen (laughs) thoughtful conversations, time it again. Alone, time's significance, (laughs) solitude's grace, grow and rejuvenate. Find your own space. I mean, I feel like that's probably a better promo that for our podcast than anything we've (laughs) we've ever done. I just, I'm so, I'm, uh, I, I think chuffed as they would say in Great Britain. um,
3: uh, Echoing through the Glen. Blinky, that's must when you were referring to. Yeah, it's like obviously it, like, there's nothing in the prompt about that, right?
1: but it's yeah. it, so yeah. it's it's that's I'm curious so on what level the AI is set up to like realize that that as part of that genre it has to change the lyric or or if you're giving it something that's not lyrics but just suggestions for lyrics it has to incorporate these conventions right that like if it's Scottish it's got to mention it's got to mention the Glen.
0: Yeah, you yeah. gotta imagine what they're what they're injecting, right? Like in order to make the lyrics. So it's like, "Hey, uh, you know, ChatGPT 3.5, write me a poem." Write in verses and choruses based on the following text, and then you know a token to like uh, drop in uh, uh, like a replacement token to drop in the thing uh, for a song that is a and then an, another blank space to write to write your name um, to write the the genre that for a Scottish bagpipe. So yeah, I think it's probably it's probably that right that that uh the the prompt injection works in in such a way that it does um it does things that are but there were there were no i don't know there were no uh there were no uh, in in the country western song here's a couple things there there weren't uh, a boat a truck to pull it a Yeti one ten iced down with some silver with some bullets. With silver bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there are limits. Maybe the Scottishness is so strong that it. Uh,
1: yeah, it was like that. Prompt was like so on the fringe that it like it started to do weird things.
2: Maybe it um, didn't recognize it. As a music genre, and just thought it was the topic.
1: (laughs) It it was interesting (laughs) how it appeared. Kind of, it didn't sound like bagpipes, but it didn't sound unlike it. sounded like in a a computer's version of what bagpipes might sound like based on a picture of bagpipes. Well, it
2: felt all it felt to me like it was a synth accordion, which Mm. is interesting because accordion is also an instrument that can drone, right? So, like, I was wondering, that's like, how did they pick it? Was it the timbre? I guess. I don't know. Also, the pictures of the bagpipes that came with the 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 play are pretty funny because they have no bags; they're just pipes. Um.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's, like, it's doing <laughs> something. Sisi nepa un bagpipe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like is this like is this like oh these are the brush strokes <laughs> this is their sort of attempt if you if you listen to it from far enough away because that's the thing with Scottish bagpipe marches is you're supposed to listen to them from several miles away as they're approaching slowly they shoot you with their muskets right uh, and so like if you stand way back it sounds exactly like bagpipes it's only when you get close that you can see the brush strokes like this I thought I mean, it was note, uh, notes I th- for Scott, I mean, listens to his bagpipe
1: marches I <laughs> suppose <laughs> uh, oh man
0: bring us home Matt.
1: Okay, so we obviously had to do episode eight hundred, which is like a big sort of all hands on deck sort of look back at at our, our fifteen plus years of, of podcasting, and uh, I let uh, rather pick the style here, and of course he he went with his sort of for uh, sort of spirit animal, which was sad nineties indie female singer songwriter deep cut. So I want you to <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder how much deep cut added to this, that it, it's not supposed to be like ironic by Linus said It's supposed to be like the B side of her, or, yeah, whatever that or
0: Cornflake, Yeah. Or Cornflake girl okay. or like the jewel song that everybody knows, or like torn by Natalie and Brulia. Like, right. it's, yeah. It's supposed to be like, you know, an album track that only a real true fan would, would understand. At least that was my hope, Matt. What what did we get?
1: Okay. So this is episode 800 of the song.
4: In a world of things thinking mind, we embarked on a podcast line, reflecting on our fifteen years through laughter, tears, and shared fears O oh, The sweet memories we hold, nostalgia for days of frantic bold. Together we dive into cultural streams, Overthinking oh, it a podcaster dreams. unfolds 15 years of overthinking it we've boldly told from analyzing culture to personal growth we've seen evolution and challenges the pursuit of our dream overthinking it a celebration of intellect humor love and exploration intersect grateful for the community of friendships we've made 800 episodes on our
0: website they're
1: late matt who did that remind you of
0: <laughs> that, i mean i it actually wasn't really it had like a tweet like Kind of, kind of early two thousands indie vibe. Like the, I'm thinking about the band, like the Weepies, maybe, uh, or mid to, mid two thousands. I'm thinking of like a particular, you know, kind of that that sort of twee vocal. I feel like the the female singer songwriters of the '90s were a little more punk influenced and had a had a, a sort of a throatier sound, had a more like. Uh, So, so, I mean, but setting the, setting the genre aside, right? Like when the, when the drums come in on the chorus, you know, this is not, this is a single, right? There, there's actually probably like an MTV video. it's
1: It's not a deep cut enough for you.
0: Yeah, this is this is a uh, MTV song, right? Like this is you know, uh, uh, Tori Amos licking all the rats or something like that in uh, in video for God, right? Like that's uh, that's that's what I'm what I'm seeing seeing. But again, like the the chorus, you know. It goes probably. to four,
3: baby.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Because, well, what's interesting is, you notice the time signature was what? It was like 12, 12, eight.
4: Yeah. You know, I yeah. had just like
1: one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. And it's like, you got to wonder like, where did that come from? Right? Like if I, if I ran it again, it probably wouldn't do that same thing.
0: No, yeah. yeah and, that's no, not, not, and, it's not, and it's not a, not really a feature of that. Genre of music, you know what right. I mean? But I think maybe in the when... arms of the angel far away, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no, it's that's not how it goes. <laughs> no, it's would she go down on you in a theater? Two, three, four, one, <laughs> two, three, four, one, two, three, four. One, two, <laughs> three,
3: four one, two. <laughs>
1: you know what i was interested in so the the second half of song, so the the way that, oh, that this cornfl- works is it,
0: cornflake girl is in 12 is in a compound meter never was a cornflake girl two three two two, two one and a two and a three n a four and i <laughs> thought that, uh, sorry matt i interrupted you no is that so the, the way this normally works is it produces like half the song and it
1: gives you it gives you like an a b choice and you you select the one that's like the closest to what you wanted and then it produces the second half of the song
4: mm, and
1: and when when i sort of um it produced the second half of the song. It's very talk. It's like very fast. It's like almost like it becomes like a patter song for some reason. And I wonder if that's like just some like random tick of the AI or if somehow it feels like that's a feature. And, and I'm referring to Matt here of whether like nineties indie female singer songwriter equals like they're very wordy. They're very like, um,
0: lyric heavy. There are a lot of, I mean, that happens a lot. There, there is a lot in that genre that is either kind of rapping, like a, a just a gentler vibe rapping over guitar, over acoustic guitar. Ani DeFranco did that uh, a lot. Um, but then there also is a sense in which, like, the songs are kind of journal entries, you know, and uh, right in which the songs are. It's really kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, you will feel my feelings, you know, you you will know my thoughts, and so there is there is a sense in which. A a lot of them are just uh, just like laid down um, uh, thoughts, you know, words like just just language. It could be prose uh, that uh, that goes into those um, uh, that goes goes into that particular genre of music. And yeah, that would be a feature of a deep cut versus a uh, uh, like an MTV Buzzbin single type of, type of song.
1: You know, I thought it was interesting about the all three songs we generated, and maybe this is me, like, missing the right way to use this, but, like, none of them were able to sort of keep the same chorus, Um, you know, that they would do verse-chorus, and then it would generate a second verse chorus that was like inspired by the first one, but something completely different sort of lyrically. And it, it feels, you know, like maybe this is like most people write their own lyrics and maybe I'm just like, w- this is like a weird use case for it where you're just giving it like a vague topic and having it do all of the work for you. Yeah. But it does, it does seem like it should have been a no brainer to like come up with this chorus and then just repeat it twice with different verses. Um, and instead it like made you know, especially on this one, it's obvious that the second verse and the second chorus are really Completely different than the
0: first one i was thinking about that like and i was thinking uh, about what pete said uh a couple of breaks ago where it was like what are the features that we're likely to see right like what are the styles or i think something that you said and i think w- one thing is song structure uh right like there's there's a there's a kind of a like Heisenberg uncertainty principle adjacent idea of like a ratio of no ability to kind of generativity in these things. And like ultimate no ability is just following a procedure and there's no sort of, there's no generativity and ultimate generativity is just like letting the, the, uh, the model come up with everything. And like, there's no um, uh, there's no kind of predetermined structure. And I think that like one of the things that we're likely to see Going forward in these pop song generators um is a little bit shading back towards the towards the procedural right where there's an idea of like verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus you know verse chorus and that that like um that that uh you know giving it some marching orders around those those particular things especially if they're uh, highland bagpipe marching orders um that giving it uh, a little structure around that might create a little more satisfaction in the way the pop songs create satisfaction with the kind of the, the recognizability of the chorus coming back or, or particular hooks. The other thing I was thinking of was like motivic development in the the writing. Um like the lyrics, if like, you know, an image of the sunrise is in the first verse, having an image of the sunset in the last verse or something like that is a good uh is a good idea, or the way the way that like, you know, a song can like kind of question answer can kind of like a song can like throw a pass and then like run down the field and catch its own pass uh at the very end. And that's a, you know, that's a very satisfying and and sort of um, good, good virtuosic, uh, uh, song move. And then a third, a third thing would be the idea of like hooks, or you know, um, or like kind of signature, signature moments that that recur at predictable intervals to to you know create this sort of recognition that gives pleasure in 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 music like this. I, you know that I don't know if I, Pete, if I had to answer if I had to answer your question, I mean that's that's where I think this. Uh, that that's where I think this particular application of this kind of technology will go, uh, you know, I, ironically or not, um, by backing off of the, you know, the generative part of the generative AI to, to uh, or at least kind of trying to find a way to give it an, an internal representation of some of the norms um, that we that we have internalized around uh, pop song structures.
2: Makes sense to me. I did think this was kind of touching at times and then it felt like it fell down the stairs. <laughs> Which I guess it's, it's kind of a it's an experience, right? Uh, I will say the the AI stuff that is super weird is the stuff that I like so much more. <laughs> and I know like I just I love it so, whatever the output is I'm always so much more inspired when the AI is failing because it got a crazy prompt than when it is uh, than when it is doing something like effective at a a straightforward one it feels so much less inspired to me i don't know what that is um whether that's just me and my taste for crazy things or what um i i find myself giving ai's outlandish prompts even for everyday use you know telling it like uh you know hey I, i just want you to summarize this document but i want you to do it as if you were a direct disciple of confucius right like and, and just because i want to see what it would do how's that going to change the way you're going to talk right like um the, and so i'm still reeling with the bagpipe piece um and this was <laughs> touching but uh but it, that felt inspired and cacophonous
0: um but yeah i don't know parting thoughts mark uh, on our uh, ai music experiment
3: I feel like the astronaut at the end of two thousand one when he uh <laughs> touches the monolith is like, My God, it's full of stars and goes on an intergalactic trip. His this mind is shattered crazy. into a million pieces. Um, and he is basically turned into pure energy. Um that's kind of how I feel right now. I'm I'm legit I'm legit blown away by this technology.
0: Well Matt you you know, thanks, it, um, thanks for bringing it to us. Yeah, I just you know,
1: my my sort of a final thought about it was like you know mid-journey only recently got this uh, feature called in painting so in painting is the idea that like you 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 make a um you make an AI image and then like usually you know sometimes it's pretty good but there's like one weird thing like it's usually hands but like maybe it's like there's some random detail in the background or something is floating and in the past it would be like well all, you just got to roll the dice again and hope that you get another image that's better but now it's like you can select the one part of the image that doesn't quite work and tell the AI to fix that one part which really opens up a new you know it, it it makes things so much easier to get to where you want and it feels like this would really benefit from that because like you know on all of these songs we thought like wow this chorus is is great but the the second verse isn't really working and imagine if you could like select parts of the lyric and then just change parts of the lyric and re-roll the song but keep keep the elements that you like and iterate towards something as opposed to just uh, taking you know rolling the dice with like a a Oh, yeah, another Scottish backpipe hoping that you got a completely different Scottish backpipe march that you liked as much as the first version so like once you can sort of like you know say something like you know keep keep the keep the chorus keep the voice keep the general tone but like you know it does uh, th- these lines don't scan the way that they should or something um, then you could imagine like a, a, a tool to actually build music in a collaborative way with the AI um, as opposed to just sort of like um, throwing throwing uh you know the the the, you know uh, tea leaves into the ether and just seeing like what you get back
0: Mm. well i i can't wait till we can do whole podcasts in collaboration with with the ai um and i promise you guys that uh whenever your digital replicas do a podcast uh, i will pay you 10 times what we uh what we pay now Um, you know, that's, 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 that's the, uh, podcaster collective bargaining agreement. This has been a lot of fun, uh, Matt, thanks for, thanks for bringing this very, uh, this very fun thing to us. Uh, Pete and Mark, thanks for, uh, going on the journey and to everyone, to everyone listening. Thank you for, for Mm -hmm. accompanying us. This has been, this has been uh, a great deal of fun throw uh, these right on Spotify right yeah exactly well yeah we're gonna obviously monetize monetize <laughs> mon- we're gonna hit the monetize button on on uh, all of these <laughs> uh, right. All right. <laughs> Well, you know we might be uh, we might be too busy on our yachts but if we're not we'll be back with more Overthinking It podcast next week until then you can visit us on the web at overthinkingit.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it
3: probably, it probably doesn't, doesn't deserve, deserve.